morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Pearlie Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Today is another wonderful day. This is January 7th, 2023, Saturday morning, 7.52 a.m. And I am so glad to be alive, so glad to be living in the land that the Lord has allowed me to be in. Um, Guys, we're going to start this podcast today. I've been trying to teach on it now for a few days. Um, It's called Exposing Envy and Overcoming It. (laughs) People don't realize how dangerous the spirit of envy or jealousy is. We're going to get into this here in a second, in a minute, in a moment, but we're going to pray first. Father God, we just thank you that today, this day that you have made, we thank you that we are alive and glad that we're living in it. And we ask that you lead God and direct our path today. Father, give us ears to hear um, the rhema word, a revealed word. Give us fresh manner again today, Father God. Father God, give us um, a heart to receive your engrafted word and give us wisdom to know how to do what it is that we learn today, Father. Father, as I yield my members to you, I ask that you speak through me, Father God. For you, have, you said whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve it to. So I come before you this day today, Lord, um, realizing and understanding that without you, I'm absolutely nothing or no one because it's because of you that I live, move, and have my being. And therefore, Father, I come here today and I submit my members unto you. And I ask that you use my lips of clay to speak your word, your rhema word, Father God. For, for you, It's your word. It's your truth that delivers us and set us free. In Jesus' name, Father, and forgive us of, of, of not believing you. Forgive us for doubting you, Father God. Um, and I... We come before you today, this day, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys, today we're going to talk about exposing envy. Um, again, you guys, support this podcast. Sh- please share this podcast. Um, help spread the word, okay? Um, so someone else can be uh, can hear and be delivered and set free, right? Um, we're talking about exposing envy. One thing I like to tell people all the time, I tell people all the time, I do not hang around people that's envious of me. Envy is a very dangerous spirit. Envy is a murdering spirit. The word of God, James tells us that where there's envy and strife, there's every evil kind of work. I like to tell people envy comes from not knowing who we are. Okay. Because when we don't know who we are, we begin to compare ourselves unto ourselves. And the Bible tells us that's not wise. Um, But today I want to talk about the story of King Saul and David. Okay, this is the perfect example of envy, the spirit of envy at work. But before we get into this, I want to give us a disclaimer. I want to give Saul a disclaimer and remind us that even though the devil was using Saul, that's exactly who it was. It was the devil using Saul. Ephesians six twelve reminds us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, and rules of darkness. I'm saying this simply um, because as I begin to read this story, you're going to begin to see yourself in the story. You're going to be able to see how that Saul spirit has tried to sabotage you. Maybe it was through a family member or a friend or whoever. But the reason I want to remind us of Ephesians 6.12 is so we will learn not to take it personal and understand that it was demonic, you know, so we can bless those who try to curse us and pray for those who, who've tried to come against us, right? Because love overcomes um, the spirit of envy, 
Love overcomes evil. Um, but we're getting ready to get into it. We're going to, um, for time's sake, I'm going to read just a portion of 1 Samuel 17, starting at verse 28, because again, we were talking about exposing envy. We know um, the first uh, sin that was ever committed was Cain and Abel, right? Abel killed Cain because he was envious of, um, he was envious of the gift that God had put in him. The gift that he, God had gave that, uh, Cain gift, which was a Cain gift, was acceptable, and Abel gift was not. I'm trying to, I'm getting ahead of myself, and I really don't want to. Let me see. I want to stick with the strip, but I, I want to go wherever God tells me to go. Well, you know, we know it was all about envy. He was envious of his brother's gift because God had accepted his gift. But God was saying, why are you envious? You know, all you got to do is go back and make your gift acceptable, and I'll accept yours too. So I'm, so I'm talking about Cain and Abel to say that envy is envy comes uh, one of the doorways to allowing envy to come into giving uh, access into our lives. Let, let me go back to that. That was Genesis four and three, where it says Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the first fruit, fruit of the flock and of the, of the fat portion. And the Lord had regards for Abel and his offering. In other words, God accepted Abel's gift. He accepted his offering. But for Cain, his offering, he had no regards for. So God accepted uh, Abel's gift. His gift was good. (laughs) His motive was right. His gift was good. But he rejected Cain's offering. And because God rejected Cain's offering, it wasn't Cain that he rejected. It was his offering who he rejected. So when people are dealing with the root of rejection, it causes envy. So Cain was envious of his brother, Abel, because he felt rejected by God. Um, sometimes when we have civil sibling, civil rivalries, rivaling, excuse me, fights among family feuds, okay, and we tend to think sometimes that uh, I'm rejected and they're accepted, and sometimes that can put envy in our heart, put envy in our heart. Uh, um, rejection is a breeding ground. It's an open door to the spirit of envy. Okay, so let's make sure that we understand that Jesus was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God. And sometimes our rejection is for our own protection. And sometimes it's not people rejecting you. It's God rejecting you. Okay, and it's not you that he's rejecting. He's just saying, I I want to sanctify you. I want to set you apart for the work of the ministry. He's not rejecting you, but God does resist the proud. Okay, you guys, when you get a chance, go in and listen to my podcast, Is God Resisting You? And this is what it's talking about, how God said he resists the proud, he gives grace to the humble. But he wasn't resisting um, Cain, he was resisting his gift. He said, if you, um, so Cain, so, but for Cain and his offering, he, he had no regards for, he rejected it. So Cain was very angry. Uh, I'm talking about Genesis 4 and 5. It says, so Cain was very angry and his face fell. His countenance had fell. He was sad. He was depressed. He was angry because it's like, okay, you accepted Abel's gift, but you didn't accept my gift. And then verse 6 says, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. It's desires uh, contra- uh, contrary to you. It's crouching at your door. This is a different version I'm reading. It's crouching at your door. Um, but you must rule over it. Okay. The Lord has said, you know, you don't give place to this envy. This spirit of envy, this murdering spirit is knocking at your door. It's knocking at the heart of your door. How many people murder people, kill people because they're jealous of them? He's saying, you know what? 
why are you angry? You know, you, you can go back and do it the right way and I'll accept your gift too. Why are you angry? Why are you angry at Cain? Cain didn't do anything. He just gave me what I wanted and I accepted it. Why are you angry at that coworker? Because God has promoted them. Why are you angry at this person? Because of the anointing that's on them. God is saying, I will accept you too. Just go back and maybe clean, clean, uh, you know, repent of whatever it is you're, you're doing and make your gift acceptable. It wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't uh, able that he was rejecting. It was his gift that he was rejecting. It wasn't good. The gift wasn't good. And when our gift isn't good, God rejects it also. But he's not rejecting us. So be careful when people have a deal with rejection, that's a breeding ground for envy. We have to allow God to heal us and to help us and to make us whole and understand that it's nothing personal because when we, when we take things to heart and we don't remember Ephesians 6 and 12, that we're wrestling out against flesh and blood people, we take it to heart. When we make it personal, we take it to heart. And when we take it to heart, that's when it hurts our heart. That's when it becomes an offense, when we take it to heart. Offenses are going to come, but we don't have to take them on. This wasn't anything personal. Why are you going to get mad at Cain because his gift was acceptable to God? Why are you jealous? Why are you coveting your neighbor's stuff? Uh, There's nothing that they have that God... Listen, what God has for you is for you, okay? What they have for them is for them, and what God has for you is for you. There's no need to be jealous of what someone else has because that's not what God has for you. Be content in whatsoever state you in, for contentment with godliness is great gain. He didn't have to become jealous at Cain. He didn't have to become jealous of this person's uh, gift because the gift came from God, right? Why are you jealous? Because this person can pray. You can pray too. But see, the thing is, when we begin to compare ourselves unto ourselves, which isn't wise, that's a breeding ground for envy. That's an ungrateful heart. The Bible tells us not to compare ourselves unto ourselves. Don't be measuring ourselves by ourselves because we're not the standard. God is the standard. We compare ourselves unto him, right? My life, if we judge ourselves, we won't have to be judged. God is the standard. You're not my standard because what you're doing is what God has asked you to do. You see what I'm saying? So when you see people that have to be a jack of all trades, they don't want to anyone to help them. They just want to try to do everything. Be leery, be leery of that. Because nobody is called to do everything. You know, the Bible says every joint supplies a need. We should be able to know how to administrate. Uh, if you're good at this, by golly, can you do this? If you're good at that, by, can you do that? Shoot, I don't have to be good at everything. Why should I have to go to school for an accountant when I can hire one? Why, you know, I don't have to be the jack of all trades. Yes, I should know some parts of it, you know, from a business owner, and I am. But I don't, I don't have to have a degree in accounting. I can hire someone who already has a degree in accounting. And don't become jealous of the per- people that God has placed in your life to help you. This is what King Saul did. But before I get to King Saul, I want to, I'm going to see if I can get through this. So we see uh, the, the first murder was Cain. He killed, Cain was very angry. He killed his brother Abel because of the gift God had given him. He was, he was jealous of the gift. 
And people will hate you and persecute you because of the gift that God has gave, given you, not knowing and understanding that they have a gift and, a, and a, a God has a good plan and purpose for their lives too. And when I be dealing with people, because I talk to a lot of people, and when I see the spirit begin to rise, the first thing I do is I begin to encourage them. I don't say, oh, you have a spirit of envy. That's not what I say. Um, I say, uh, I begin to encourage them about who they are in Christ. Because envy comes when we forget just how special we are. <laughs> you know, I know a lot of times people like to brag about people being jealous of them. But there's, it's, we're, we're not too, because then that makes you prideful too, right? And it's not you um, that people are jealous of. You know I'm a pride crusher, right? Because it's all about the kingdom for me. Um, it's not you that people are jealous of. It's the devil in them. That's causing them to act that way. That's why uh, Ephesians and six, Ephesians six and twelve. Hold on to that throughout this whole entire um, study because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We like to say, well, they're jealous of me, and this person is jealous of me because I can do this, because I can. No, 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 no. Let's not boast because that puts you in pride. Okay, they're jealous of the God that's in you because they don't know how special they are too. So when I start dealing with people and uh, I start seeing the spirit manifest against me, against the God that's in me, I begin to encourage them and to remind them of who they are in Christ. Oh, you can pray. I wish I could pray like you. Or you can do this. I wish I could do this like you. And no, we don't have to compare ourselves unto ourselves. You say that's not a bad thing, but it can turn into something bad. Start, you know, so what I do is I just redirect it and, and remind them of every good thing that God has put inside of you. Yeah, we want to provoke people to do good. You know, the Holy Spirit, he's the one that calls us to will to and want to do good. But I want to encourage, encourage people in their gift, in the gift that God has given them. Oh, girl, you can cook. Oh, girl, you can do this. Oh, you can do that. You're good at this. Why? Because when we start comparing ourselves to other people and when in, and, and when we open the door to envy, that's because we have become ungrateful of the gifts and the things that God has placed inside of us. We have to learn to become cheerleaders. We have to learn to exhort and encourage other people and cheer them on and know that, no, that's not what I'm called to do. I'm called to do this. I'm not called to run that race. I'm called to run. I'm not called to do the hurdles. I'm called to do the 100 meters. You see what I'm saying? Um, every joint supplies a need. I want to exhort you and encourage you that everyone has something. God has put something good in everybody. And every joint supplies a need. Okay, God has, you have something inside of you that someone needs. So focus on what you have, what God has placed in you. What is it you have in your hand? That's what you focus on. You're focusing on the wrong thing. And it's causing you to be ungrateful and it's causing you not to be able to see what you have because you're focusing on what someone else has. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I don't know, I'm trying to go here. I'm trying to, I'm talking about exposing the spirit of envy. Now, Joseph and his brother, Joseph, um, brothers was envious of him because of the favor that was on him because of the anointing. And even though they took the stolen coat of many colors, <laughs> you can't steal someone's anointing. <laughs> the favor of God was on him. And he was the one that was called for his household. He was going to be the one God was going to use to help redeem, not just his household, but the entire country of Egypt, right? Um, 
So that was just his transportation. He was on his way to where he was going. What the devil meant for evil, God used it for good. Because when God is for you, the devil can't be against you and not win. You see, in the natural, you know, he used, God allowed Judas to be Judas to betray Jesus because God would use your enemies to help push you into your destiny. And in the natural, it looked like it was really a terrible thing. But if the devil would have known that he was crucifying the son of glory, he would not have done it. If the devil knew that the evil that he meant for you was going to really was part of your process. And it was all about preparing you for the place and the position that and the purpose that God had for you. (laughs) He wanted to try to slander your name and ruin your reputation. He wanted to try to sabotage you. (laughs) Proverbs say that even the wicked is created for a purpose. (laughs) Even the wicked serves a purpose. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to go where the Holy Ghost tells me to go. I've been up all morning studying. Okay, so let me see if I can get through this. Okay, let's see. Okay, let's see. Okay, so beware of those who's envious of your gift because there's a root of rejection attached to it. God was not rejecting him. God was rejecting his gift. God told him he could redeem himself by bringing a better offering and a better gift, right? Um, so don't don't be envious of someone else's gift. Okay? Don't be envious of, because that's their gift. Be grateful of the gift that God has for you. We're not comparing ourselves. We're not racing against each other. You can't be in a race unless you participate. You don't have to, when you start seeing people trying to compete against you, that's envy, comparing ourselves unto ourselves, okay? We're to boast in the Lord, not in our own selves, because what is it we have that we did not receive from him? Okay, I'm I'm going to 1 Samuel 17. Um, We're talking about, this is the day when David's father, Jesse, sent him down to take lunch to his brothers. His old, David was the youngest of Jesse's son. This is really the story of David and Goliath. Um, so David goes to take lunch down to his brother, his father, Jesse, because he was a sheep herder. Um, and so he goes down there, and while he's down there, he sees he sees the Philistine. They're taunting um, the, the Israels. They're taunting Saul's army, and Saul's army is afraid. And they're running from him because they're afraid of the big giant and all this stuff, right? So as soon as the Israelites saw um, the army, they would begin to run away in fright. And then they say to him, have you seen the giant? The men asked David. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He would give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family would be exempted from paying taxes. David asked the soldier standing nearby. This is 1 Samuel um, 17, 26 now. What will a man get for killing his Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defile the armies of the living God? Okay, this is David talking. He's asking, he's like, okay, so what's what's the reward for killing this Philistine? What's the reward? Why is he defying the Lord's army, the army of the living God? And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him, you know. But you get to marry his daughter and your entire family will be exempt from paying taxes. That was the reward, right? And so we're going on to verse 20. Um, we're going down further. And it says, oh, oh, um, let's see. Who is this Philistine that he is able to defile? And these men gave David the same reward. And they was telling him, yo, this is what the reward is. And so his brothers, uh, they began, his brother heard what David was saying. <laughs> 
and he became envious of him, right? Let me tell you what his brother said to him. Let me find the scripture. His brother, okay, uh, verse 28, 1 Samuel 17, 28. So David, they're telling David, this is what's going to happen if he do it. So his brother, his brother heard him. Now, when David's oldest brother, Eli, heard him speaking to the man, his anger burned against David. Why are you angry at your brother? <laughs> his anger burned against David. He said, why have you come down here? <laughs> and with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? You know, trying to degrade him. Like, he wants to crush him. He wants to try to kill his spirit. He wants to, you know, he's showing who he is by how he is. When people start talking about what you do for the Lord, or your little ministry, or your little this, or your little that, or your little this. Beware of that because envy is attached. Envy is all over there. How many of you know that nothing you do for the Lord is little? <laughs> because the God you serving is great. Okay? So he's talking about, didn't you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? Like, here you. And then he said, I know your pride. His brother is saying to David, I know your pride and wickedness of heart. You have come down here to see the battle. Right, really, the pride he was speaking about was not in David's heart, but the pride that he was speaking about was in, in his own heart. How how are you gonna get angry at him because he's wanting to know what's the reward for killing this man? Oh, you're, I see the pride and the deceit in your heart. No, what you saw was the pride and the deceit in your own heart. It was the abundance of your own heart that your mouth was speaking. What was in you was coming out of you. So he got angry at David for asking. And David says in 1 Samuel 17, 29, what have I done now? Said David. Was it not just a question? Then he turned from him towards another and asked about the offer. And those people answered him just as the first one had answered. But see, David is not being moved by nothing that his brother said. He's like, what did I do now? You know, like, what you angry about? What did I do now? And so 31, now David's words were overheard and reported to Saul who called for him. Now, David is thinking he's going to deliver a lunch, right? But David, how many of you know that God prepares and equips us for the work, for the work of the ministry? He prepares and equips us for the place before he brings us into the place. So David, his brothers, now is like, well, what about, don't you got those few sheep back at the house? You know, but he didn't even know that. How many of you know that God is preparing some men and women in secret? Quit thinking you know people. Just because they came on the scene don't mean they just came on the scene. Because God prepares and equips us in secret. It's easy to praise the Lord on Sunday in the assembly with everyone else. It's what you do in secret. When you pray in secret, the Bible says the Lord will reward you openly. David had already been prepared and equipped for the work of this ministry that he was getting ready to step into. But his brothers didn't even know. His father didn't even realize and know Jesse that he had a king in the house. He didn't even consider David when the prophet came. He didn't even bring him in the house to be considered to be anointed for king. Don't worry about people overlooking you. It's not about people. It's about you and your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. David was faithful tending those sheep. 
and he knew exactly who he was. He had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said David was a man after his own heart. It wasn't, he didn't say that because David was perfect. He said it because David was quick to repent. David wasn't prideful. When he did something, and if you came to him with it, he would admit it. But not just would he admit it, admit it. He was quick to repent from it. Once you showed him what he did, he would repent of it. He was quick to repent. Right? And that's what that is. When you uh, have a heart for the Lord for real, you should feel his conviction. And when he shows you something that's not right, when you when you love the Lord for real, you're quick, you're quick to repent and change that behavior, not sit there and make excuses for it. But Jesus said, you are a friend of mine if you, if you do what I command. If you keep my commands, you are a friend of mine. And not only are you a friend of his, but Jesus said, if you, if you love me, then you'll obey me. All right? Okay, so let me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work my way through this. So we know the story. Uh, we're going to go on. Please read this whole story, 1 Samuel 17. So David went on. Uh, David replied, your servant has been tending his sheep because they wanted to know, well, what makes you qualified to do this? I mean, uh, and David said to Saul, let no man heart fail on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. <laughs> Stop being afraid because of this Philistine. I'll go in, I'll fight him. Um, but verse 33, 1 Samuel 17, 33, but Saul replied, you cannot go against this Philistine to fight him. You are just a boy. And he has been a warrior from his youth. You're not qualified. You're just a little boy. You don't know this person's history. You don't know their relationship with God. You don't know. All you do is see them at church on Sunday or Bible study on Wednesday. But you don't know their relationship with God. You don't know the times that they spend fellowshipping with God. You don't know the battles, the spiritual warfare that they've had to deal with, the things that they had to overcome, how God has tested them and he's tried them. Because when God brings you to it, it's because he has prepared you for it. He prepares us for the place before he sends us into the place. Right? So um, when God is for you, nothing or no one can stand against you. And God is for you. God was for David. And David knew this because David had a relationship with the Lord. He knew he what, what his God was going to do. And he began to prophesy. He began to tell him what he was going to do. King Saul said, you can't do this. You're too young. Don't let nobody tell you. Well, you can't do this because you're too young in the Lord. You don't know what kind of battles this person had to fight spiritually. You don't know what their fight was, what their fight of faith is. You don't know how strong they are in the Lord. You don't know about the favor of God that's resting upon their lives. Most of the time, you don't even know their story. You're just looking and judging from the outside. Man looks on the outside, but God... And a lot, when you first meet somebody... God has already met them before you have. This person probably spent all kinds of times in the, uh, with the Lord in, in the presence of the Lord. Verse 34. He, don't let nobody talk you out of the, the purpose of God and the plan of God for your life. Because they say, well, you're, you're too young. You're too little. You're too this. You're too that. 
David knew who he was. David replied to King Saul was this, your servant has been tending his father's sheep and whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after him, struck down and delivered the lamb from his mouth. If it reared, reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down and kill it. He was telling him his resume. Listen here, I have been tried. I have been tested. And I have been prepared and equipped for the work of this ministry. Your servant has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. David added, the Lord who delivered me from the claws of the lion and the bear will deliver me from the hands of the Philistine. Go, said Saul, and may the Lord be with you. And then go on and finish reading that story. And we, the David went in and he uh, he took that stone and he and put it in his sling and he killed uh, Goliath. Go on and read the whole story, 1 Samuel 17, okay? Okay, so we're going to go into this next story. So after David had finished, uh, had, had slain the lion and the bear, Saul wanted to know, uh, Saul had started talking to him. He wanted to know whose son is this? Where does he come from? <laughs> you know, when people are popping up, you're going to be like, well, where, where they come from? I, I don't know them. Where they come from? <laughs> God is preparing some men and women in secret. But here we, we're trying to talk about the spirit of envy. So David's brother was envious of him, right? So now here we're going to go into Saul, this Saul spirit with King David and Saul. We're going into Samuel, 1 Samuel 18. It says, after David finished talking with Saul, he met, uh, he, um, he met Jonathan. It was the king's son. And Jonathan, he befriended David, and they they was uh, they had an intimate bond between them. For Jonathan loved David, not you know in a in a godly way. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and would not let him return home. Why? Because um, Proverbs eighteen sixteen says a man gift open doors for him, and it brings him before great men. God had made room for David's gift. David thought he was going down there on an assignment to take a lunch to his brother. <laughs> But really, his footsteps were being ordered by the Lord. God had already prepared David for the place, for the position, before he brought him into the place and into the position. And so his gift made room for him, and it brought him before great men. It brought him before the king. God made room for David's gift. You don't have to make room for your gift. Um, God will make room for your gift. But make sure that God, you allow God to... Take that time to prepare you and equip you for the work of the ministry, okay? He had been prepared and equipped, not just in Bible scriptures, but with experience. He knew his faith did not rest in his ability. I'm not talking about self-ability, having confidence in yourself. His confidence didn't rest in himself. His confidence didn't rest in his ability. He knew his God. He had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Make sure you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because now his gift had made room for him. It's brought him before great kings. The Bible said King Saul wouldn't let him go home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. When God knits you together with your Jonathan, he's going to love you the way he loves himself. That's a godly friendship. 
Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David together with his untarnished sword, bowl, and, and belt. He shared with him. He loved him. He, gave, he shared his things with him. Make sure that your friendships are not one-sided because David loved Jonathan also because later on in the years we'll see the story how he was faithful to Jonathan's son. David had a faithful spirit and he had a servant heart. We have to learn to serve others, um, and we have to learn to serve others. That's all part of the place of preparation. Jesus said, I didn't even come to um, be served, but I came to serve. Let us learn to serve others um, with the gift that God has given us. The purpose of the gift is for us to share with others. Okay, so David had a gift. He was a great warrior, right? So his gift made room for him. And um Whenever, whatever Saul asked David to do, well, on Second First Samuel eighteen five, it says, "Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully." So Saul made him a commander over the men of war, an appointment that was welcomed by the people and saw officers alike. You know, Luke sixteen ten. That reminds me. It says, "If you are faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest in greater things." You know, um. If we're faithful in the little, God will make us ruler over much. You know, the Bible said we're faithful over the little. God will make us ruler over much. So God had promoted David. Here we see promotion. And he's being promoted quickly, right, in the ranks. God is doing this. Promotion comes from the Lord. You don't have to make room for your gift. Your gift will make room for you. God will make room for your gift when he's prepared to open that door for you, right? But God will use your enemies to help push you into your destiny. Because um, like we were saying, God used Judas. He allowed uh, Judas to be used by the devil to help Jesus to the crucifixion, right? Joseph, he allowed Joseph's brothers to use him to provide him with transportation to Egypt. <laughs> and Joseph said, you know, what you meant for evil, God turned and used it for my good. You know, so God, will, the wicked, the wicked even, even the wicked serves a purpose. God will use your enemies to help push you into your destiny. This is what I'm trying to tell you here. You don't have to make room for your gift. You don't have to try to self-promote yourself. Your gift will make room for you. Um, so here we go. We're talking about King Saul, this Saul spirit. Um, so here he is. He, he's made him, gave him greater responsibilities. In verse 2 Samuel 6, uh, 18 verses 6. It says, when the uh, victorious Israelite armies were returning home after David had killed the Philistines, women from all over the town of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. David, uh, Saul killed his thousands and David killed his ten thousands. And me were only, and so Saul began to become envious. And Saul began to think, me only with 10,000? Next, they'll be making him their king. So envy came enter into his heart. His mentor became envious of him. His leadership became envy, envious of him. And envy comes when we don't understand who we are. Because when I got my own thing over here, I don't have time to be jealous or envious of what you got going on over there. And when I know who I am in Christ and I know whose I am in Christ, I understand that my part in the kingdom is to help support you because every joint supplies a need not to sabotage you. That's like me cutting off a part of my finger. 
because I'm jealous because it got a new ring. The rest of my body is jealous because my finger got a new ring. Or I cut off my ear because the rest of my body is jealous because the ear got some new earrings. We cannot be fighting and devouring one another. We can't be fighting and fussing unless we devour one another. Okay? We are the body of Christ as believers. And every joint is called to supply a need. And we're supposed to encourage one another, encourage each other in the faith, building up each other in the faith, not sabotaging, but because that spirit of envy was sabotage. Where there's envy and strife, there's every evil work. So here now, here, here we come. We're introduced to the spirit of envy. Saul began to get jealous when the people started saying, David didn't promote himself. God promoted David. David didn't come back boasting and bragging, I killed my 10,000. Saul killed his, his thousands. That wasn't what David was saying. That's what the people were saying. Because God will promote you and he will... He will promote you and he will lift you up in due season and his timing. This was David's time to rule and to reign. So beware of those who tend to compare themselves with you because this is a sign of envy. It says, so from that time on, when they started chanting that David killed his, uh, uh, Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his 10,000, it says, that Saul became jealous and saying that they saying David killed 10,000. I only killed a thousand. Next, they'll be wanting to make him king. He became intimidated by him. He became intimidated um, by his anointing, but he was supposed to be preparing him and mentoring him. So he could be next in the line. I know um, really his son, Jonathan, was um, supposed to have been in line, but really people don't like to say it. But if we read the word, Saul was God's people, uh, the people. King Saul was chosen by the by the king, so God let them have what they wanted. All right. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. So here we go. He's given access to the spirit of envy. And so it's from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. He became envious. He became envious because 2 Corinthians 10 and 12, he started comparing himself unto himself, thinking, look, I got to keep a tight grip on him because he'll take my kingdom. They'll steal my church members. They'll do this. They'll steal my position at work. I'm next in line for that supervisory position. If I don't keep an eye on them because they was jealous of the anointing, that was on them. It wasn't where they was trying to do anything. They was just being faithful to the Lord and doing what he said. David was a faithful servant to King Saul. His faithfulness came out of his love relationship with the Lord. That was That's a fruit of the Spirit. He was very faithful. So when... Excuse me. When people become... Um, When people become jealous of God's favor and promotion on your life, be aware of this. For where there's envy and strife, there's every evil work. James 3.16 says, For where there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. I think that's the uh, English Standard Translation. James 3.16, For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind of work. 
or one translation says, where there's envy and strife, there's every evil kind of work. So listen, envy is a very dangerous spirit. It's nothing to brag about. It's nothing to be proud about. It's nothing to boast about. Oh, they're jealous of me. I know they're jealous of me. Yeah, but you keep inviting these people to your house knowing that they're jealous of you. You keep letting these people hang out with you knowing that they're jealous of you. I want you to know that when God has his favor on you and he has anointed and appointed you to be the priest, the king, whatever position he has put, getting ready to put, promote and put you in, that the devil will assign a Saul to your life. Jesus had a Judas. Joseph had his own brothers. And even David's son tried to steal the kingdom from him. David had a Saul. Right? That the whole purpose of these things, uh, these spirits, these demons, that Saul spirit, is sent on assignment to try to sabotage you. <laughs> it's nothing personal. The same way they say every, you know, you need your Joseph, your Jonathan. David needed his Jonathan. Well, Saul, even Saul, even the wicked serves a purpose because Saul, King Saul helped put David into the kingdom. Even he was anointed already by God. But that was all part of his preparation, too, because he learned how to do warfare even greater, fighting all those battles, because even though... The death King Saul was trying to sabotage him, and he was hoping that he would get killed in these battles. <laughs> but because God was for him, it didn't matter what the devil threw at him. <laughs> when God is for you, nothing, no Saul spirit, that spirit of envy cannot stand against you. But let me, let me tell you this. We have to remain humble. We have to remain humble and stop thinking that it's about you because it's not. Remember Ephesians 6 and 12. We wrestled not against flesh and blood. They was envious of David because of the gift that God had put in them. And it's a spirit. It's not the person. Because before it's over, we're going to talk about how to overcome this spirit of envy. Do not let people in your inner circle, do not share your secrets with people that you know who are envious of you. This is nothing funny. Okay. But when... um. And you need to keep these people at a distance. Don't put them, bring them to your house. Don't bring them around your family. Keep this demon at arm's length. This is a very dangerous spirit. Okay? They're not for you. This is a, this saw spirit is not for you, even when they pretend to be so. Okay, so let's, let's go on down. The envy is a very dangerous spirit. I do not go into environments where I know people are jealous of me. It's a dangerous spirit. Um, First uh, Samuel eighteen ten. It says the very next day a tormenting spirit. Now this is after Saul had became jealous of David. It says the very next day a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul, and he began to rave in his house like a madman. David was playing the harp as he did each day, but Saul had a spear in his hand because David would play the harp for King Saul and it would drive those de those uh, demons away. This is why praise is so powerful. I tell people all the time that when they're being tormented by the spirit of fear or by demons, put on some worship music, just begin to praise the Lord. For the spirit of heaviness, the Bible tells us to put on a garment of praise. But I get a lot of deliverance through praise. When those demons come to try to torment you, just begin to worship and praise the Lord. The devils cannot stand in the presence of praise. <laughs> 
and worship the anointing, it will destroy the yoke every time. It says the next day a tormenting spirit was came, came from God, overwhelmed Saul. Okay. And um, so David, here he is being faithful, you know, because to the pure, all things are pure. Thank God for um, protecting King David because uh, he was ordering and directing his footsteps. He was faithful and his heart was pure. His motive was pure. He didn't become prideful and puffed up because people started bragging about his gift. They didn't start bragging about how good he taught or how good he could teach or how good he could pray. He didn't get the, he let the mouths of others. Proverbs say, let the mouths of others praise you and not your own lips. Right? You don't, because when you start praising yourself, that's when you become boastful. But it's okay to praise the Lord understanding and realizing that everything that we have comes from him. We must remain humble, realizing and understanding that it's not you that they're jealous of. It's the God that's in you because envy is a spirit. It's a demonic spirit. And the devil is coming after that anointing that God, the God that's on the inside of you. Okay. So it's nothing personal. Your family not liking you is not your family. Jesus said a man's family would be, man's worst enemy would be those of his own household. Why? These are the people closest to you. These are the people that you spend most of your time with. What better people to use for the devil to use than those that are closest to you, right? They have greater access into your life. Your, your next door neighbor might not ever come into your house, but your, your sister, your brother, or a family member, somebody, they, ha- they have more access to you. So what better person to use um, to be envious of the God that's inside of you? Okay, let's, let's not, let's not, because we can become prideful in that. Oh, well, they're jealous of me because I'm pretty. They're jealous of me because I got this. They're jealous of me. It's not about us. You know, I'm a, a pride, pride crusher. It's so important that we don't get into pride. It's so important that we have the attitude of gratitude like David because, you know, um, even when Saul became envious of David, he still remained faithful. His his attitude, uh, he, he had a relationship with God. So his submission to Saul really came out of his submission to God. This is why we have to have a, a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, people who are jealous of you will try to kill you. So while David was there playing for Saul because he was being tormented, by the demons. So David would come in and pray his violins and the demons would leave Saul alone. Um, And so while he was there, still trying to serve Saul, still trying to help him, Saul had a spear in his hand while David was standing up there praying the violin to drive those demons away. While while that person was over there praying for you, uh, commanding them demons to loose you, you still got that spear in your hand. You're trying to sabotage the people that God is, the very people that God is using to try to help you. So Saul had a spear in his hand, and he suddenly hurled it at David, intended to pin him to the wall. But David escaped him twice. <laughs> like, okay, so you, he shot it. He, he, he threw the he threw the uh, javelin more than one time. He threw that spear more than one time because he said he avoided them twice. So it's like the first time you threw it, like, shouldn't we be leaving? <laughs> but no, David still was going to stay in there. I know he's trying to kill me. I know he don't like me, but I'm still, you know, I'm still going to sit here. I'm still going to let him do what he's trying to do. I'm still let him try to kill me. So verse, uh, 1 Samuel, we're on 1 Samuel 18. 
uh, verse 12. Please read 1 Samuel 17 and 18. Read the whole entire chapter, okay? So we're on verse 12. It says, so Saul was then afraid of David, for the Lord was with David and it had turned away from him. His mentor became jealous of him and began to sabotage him. <laughs> he tried to destroy his reputation. He tried to kill. He tried to physically kill him. He wished him dead. By placing him in what he thought was impossible situations, he tried to destroy his reputation. <laughs> he wanted to kill him. He would send him off to war praying that he would get killed. He was not for him. When people are envious of you, I want you to know that they're not for you. Quit sharing your secrets with people that don't like you. Quit ignoring the warning signs. Quit boasting and bragging to people that's jealous of you because all you're doing is fueling that anger inside of them. Pray for them and encourage them whenever the Lord leads you to of who they are in the Lord that they can pray to. Encourage, we, we have to encourage one another in the Lord, okay? So Saul, so Saul was afraid of David because he saw that David was with them because when he was throwing them swords at him, no matter what he was doing to him, God was still promoting him. He was winning those battles. And he became famous amongst the people, not because he was trying to market himself, not because he was trying to become famous himself, but God is the one who caused him to become famous. He was faithful. He had a heart of a servant. And even though he was better than his mentor, and even though he could teach better than his mentor, and even though he could teach better than, than his teachers, and even though he was better at war than King Saul, he remained oh. humble. Even though the people were saying, listen, he's killed his thousands, you killed your ten thousands, he didn't let that go to his head. Because his he was he his he was a humble person. And he understood that the only reason he could fight like he could was because of the God that he served. He started off saying that. That the only reason he was able to kill the lion and the bear. And don't ever forget that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Don't ever begin to take credit for what God is doing in our lives because that's when we give place to the devil called pride in our lives. But this Saul spirit was sent on an assignment. Um, it was really meant to destroy David, but really what it did was it, 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 it developed David. <laughs> it prepared him and it launched him out. It launched him into his ministry. And he was able to take the seat of the king. Later on, you'll learn it. Saul was then afraid of David. Okay, so we already said that. The devil will be jealous of God's anointing and favor on your life. Second, um, second, I pray you get something out of this. I'm almost running out of time here. Uh, again, we're on 1 Samuel 18, 13. Finally, Saul sent him away and appointed him commander over a hundred men and a thousand men. And David finally led his troop into battle. Um, because God was with David, no matter what Saint King Saul did, he was he was uh, he was going to win because God was for David. The anointing was on David. David had a faithful heart. He had a heart of a servant. David came to serve King Saul. David continued to succeed in everything he did for the Lord was with him. When Saul recognized this, he became even more afraid of him. But all of Israel and Judea loved David because he was so successful at leaving the troops into battle. Envy, uh, envy, uh, 
in, in our heart, we begin to plan and plot uh, uh, our demise. Um, so David, Saul began to plot and plan David's demise. It says, one day Saul said to David, I'm ready to give you my older daughter, Meriba, as your wife. But first you must um, prove yourself to be a real warrior by fighting the Lord's battles, right? Really, you know, he was sending them out so he could be killed. It says, I'll send them out against the Philistines and let them kill him rather than doing it myself. This is what uh, uh, 1 Samuel 18, 17 says. Okay, so I have made a note here. It reminds me of Proverbs 10, 18, where it says, Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Hiding hate in your heart makes you a liar. And slandering others make you a fool. He, there he, his heart was deceitful. His heart was full of deceit. His, his, his motive for his mission for David was not sincere. It was so he could get killed. But because God was with him, you couldn't kill the... God in him. You can't kill the anointing that's on him. Who am I? Uh, So he came and told David he'll let let him marry his son, his daughter. And so David said, who am I? And what is my father in Israel that I should be uh, uh, the king's son-in-law? There he is still being humble, still, you know, even though he could fight better, you know, he killed more than him or whatever, he was still humble. He said, who am I that I should be the king's son? You know, he still has a servant heart. He still has a heart of humility, and God can use that. Okay, uh, my father's family is nothing. So when the time came for Saul to give his daughter in marriage, they, he, he gave him the other daughter, um, Adriel, instead of giving her, giving him um, Mirab, he gave him Adriel. Forgive me for these names. Um, but David David was honored and he was humble because his heart was pure and his service to God was uh, to God and King Saul. He remained humble throughout this whole thing. Although, he, although David was gifted, he did not esteem himself to be better than. He didn't think more highly of himself because he understood that the only reason he was able to kill the lion and the bear, that's why we need to testify. We overcome um, by the word of the blood of the by the word of our testimony. We overcome. By the, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. He remembered that it was God. He started off testifying that the only reason I was able to kill the lion and the bears was because of God. And so David, he continued on with his relationship with the Lord all through his service with King Saul. Because as we know, as we continue to read the story, um, Saul, he, he did it again. He tried to, he said, okay, I'm going to, he didn't even give him the daughter he promised to give him. He gave him another daughter. And then David was honored and uh, humble because his heart was pure. Verse 20, 1 Samuel 18, 20. In the meantime, Saul's daughter, Michael, she had fallen in love with David and Saul was delighted when he heard about it. Uh, he was thinking, here's another chance that I can try to trick him. You see, he was deceitful. Um, you know, he was saying one thing with his lips, but his heart was far from David. He meant him no good. He was saying one thing, but in his heart, he was meaning another thing. And thank God that he was ordering the footsteps of David. Because if not, Saul could have killed him. Thank God David remained in the posture and the position of humility. So I'm not going to have time to get through this whole story. But I do not want to leave this without telling us how do we overcome the spirit of envy. How do we overcome the spirit of envy quickly? Um, 
by remembering Ephesians 6, 12, that we're not fighting against flesh and blood people, okay? So we in turn don't begin to hate those people that the devil is using to come against us, that, that we learn to bless those that curse us and we learn to pray for those that despitefully use us. We treat people opposite to how they treat us. The Bible say, um, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, right? So the way we overcome envy is by overcoming don't be overcome with the evil. Don't don't treat them the way they treat us. Uh, but let love overcome. If if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If their enemies are a thirsty, give them a drink. If your enemies need clothes, give them something to wear. <laughs> Bless those that curse you. People who's jealous of the God in you are not your friends. Just because you are friends to them does not mean they are friends to you. Keep that note. Alrighty, keep that note, keep that note, keep that note. He that hides, a, a person that has a hate in their heart, uh, they have lying lips because they're saying one thing, but for real, they, they don't really like you. They're not really for you. Okay, so how do we overcome evil? Don't be overcome by evil, um, but overcome evil with good. Whenever God gives you an opportunity um, to do good to someone, um, to your enemies, be good to them because that's going to heat shames on upon their head. And when you do good to them, when they speak evil of you, uh, it's going to it's it's not it's going to make them feel shame because that's not what people see. That's not the thing that they see about you. Alrighty. So the way we overcome evil is bless those that curse you, and don't allow evil to overcome you. And put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand. Ephesians um, six thirteen tells us to take up the full armor of God, um, so we may in the days of evil when they come, so we will be able to stand your ground. And having done everything to stand, stand. Put on the helmet of salvation, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, and have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Uh, Romans 12 and 20, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you heap burning coals on his head. You're causing him to be in shame. And do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is how we overcome envy, by allowing the God in us to overcome the devil that's in them. Um, because the truth of the matter is, God wished that none should perish, but that all should come to salvation. Remember, um, so God will allow your enemies, um, you allow your enemies to help push you into your destiny. Judas betrayed Jesus. Uh, that's how he was able to fulfill the crucifixion and the redemption. Uh, God allowed King Saul to push David into his destiny. David had a heart of a servant. I don't think if King Saul would have started throwing those javelins at him, David probably would have still been there playing up um, violin. <laughs> that's how much so committed he was. He was he he had a heart of a servant. He was really faithful. And sometimes the Lord will have to uh, allow situations. He has to kick you out of that your seat out of that season in order for you to go. David had to leave because Saul didn't have. He was constantly trying to kill him. <laughs> Know this, just because you love someone doesn't necessarily love them. The Bible say from that day on, Saul became his enemy forever. It didn't say that David was Saul's enemy. It said Saul was David's enemy. And the reason Saul made himself David's enemy was because of the envy that was in him. My prayer is I'm getting ready to end it here, you guys. Um, you guys, um, Father, we just thank you today that we ask to create in us a clean heart and renew in us a right spirit, Lord God. And be quick to convict us and convince us when our attitude is not your attitude, that when our attitude is not humility, but when our attitude is prideful, Father God. But we come before you this day. We humble ourselves up under your mighty hand, Lord God. And we say, um, 
We thank you uh, for delivering us and setting us free. Father, we thank you that we will walk in this word today. We will walk in humility um, before you. We will walk there. We will submit ourselves unto you, Lord God. Um, For our desire is your desire, not our will, Lord, but let your will be done in our lives again today, this day, in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen and amen. You guys be blessed. Share this podcast and um, leave a message if it has blessed you in any way. Okay.